Hey ho, it's Pop Hum. You know, when I was an English major, I was trained to assume that everything that happens in a story is intentional, reflective of the author's controlling intelligence. It was fair game to consider that that intelligence might encompass themes very remote from the story's context, the setting for which it was produced. So we might read Shakespeare's Measure for Measure as being all about, say, gay rights, even though gay rights is a phrase that Shakespeare would never have understood. It's kind of a strange assumption, but one with its own power, and today I'd like to apply it to another kind of text, the Netflix hit series The Flash, now two seasons into its run. Because although I may not know much about gay rights, I do know something about the superhero comics that serve as the basis for this series, as well as for so many others these days. You see, I've been what's called a fanboy for over 40 years, so I see the outlines of Jeff Johns and Andy Kubert's Flashpoint books in the Netflix series, and I appreciate the way the show underscores those comics' essential theme, childhood trauma. So yes, this is going to be a psychoanalytical sort of a reading. In his recent survey, The Body Keeps the Score, Bessel van der Kolk defines PTSD as follows. A person is exposed to a horrendous event, which results in a variety of manifestations, intrusive re-experiencing of the event, persistent and crippling avoidance, and increased arousal, like hypervigilance. The Flash's past contains a prime example of childhood trauma in that his mother was murdered before his eyes when he was 11 and his father was framed for the crime. This sequence opens the pilot and is presented and represented from different angles over and over and over again throughout the series. It's not his origin story as a superhero, but it is presented as the origin of his personality. Everything from his career choice to his sex life is affected by that event, often in a pretty painful way. Returning to Vander Kolk, that's the way trauma works. It's not just a bad thing that happens to you. It's a bad thing that happens and then seems to happen again and again, catching you in a loop whereby that terrible experience sort of steals away the other possibilities of your life. As he puts it, what happens in people's minds and brains that keeps them frozen? The horrible power of this dynamic makes it seem so fitting that the Flash's basic power, the ability to run really fast, mutates quickly into being able to run so fast that he ruptures time itself. As the Flash, Barry Allen visits possible futures, revised pasts, and alternate realities, usually ones where he's a lot happier than he is in the living present. And yes, he does go back in time, intending to prevent his mother's murder to find out what his life would be like without that bottomless wound. Well, who among us hasn't imagined being able to do that? Superhero stories are all about power, and in a way, this is the ultimate power fantasy, the power to redeem the past, to make bad things never have happened. But the past did happen. It did happen. And Vanderkolk maintains that any recovery we enjoy comes from acknowledging that, not denying it. Maybe that's why the one character who is most opposed to the Flash going back in time is his own father, sitting in his jail cell for a murder he didn't commit. He advocates not for the man Barry Allen could have been, but for the man he is, even considering the terrible tragedies of his life. Well, you can watch the series for yourself to see how the Flash's attempts to revise the past pan out, and how his hero's journey compares to that of, say, Bruce Wayne or Jessica Jones. One difference is that the Flash has a ton of people who know his secret identity, people he frequently characterizes as a family. Actually, that's why I watched the show even though the second season is completely incoherent 
and the supervillains are almost as stupid as the real Flash villains from the comics. I mean, the Pied Piper? Nah, what I love about the show is that the characters love each other. They try to help each other. They literally live with each other, and they stand by each other. Most of the credit for this family melodrama angle getting over goes to the actors, whom I find pretty appealing. Series star Grant Gustin can even sell a line like, One day I have to travel through time, and the next I'm fighting a telepathic gorilla. Of course, some of the heavy lifting is also being done by us, the viewers, who on some level feel gratitude for an action hero whose powers include not only throwing lightning bolts and creating whirlwinds, but also a paranormal ability to heal. Look, lavishing all this thought on a kid's TV show might seem frivolous or even wasteful. In a way, I guess it's absurd to attribute all these lofty thematic ambitions to a work like this, especially since the last 10 seconds of the season two closer basically ruin the analysis I have set forth here. The Flash isn't Shakespeare, and as one of my students put it, you know, Andrew, maybe the writers wrote it the way they did because they thought people would watch it and then they would get more money. Still, all that doesn't rob our little psychological reading entirely of its value. Shakespeare was a working artist too, one who pandered and plagiarized all the time to keep audiences clapping and keep money flowing. And don't forget, Vanderkolk estimates that a frightening proportion of American kids watching the show have experienced traumas of their own. I hope the show provides them with some comfort. And if we can't find healing in artistic catharsis or critical analysis, well, maybe someday healing will find us suddenly in a flash.